Welcome everybody, Purpose Driven Podcast, hosted by Alex Cornwall. I'm really excited about today and the opportunity we have to listen to an amazing man, a friend, mentor of mine. His name is Jeff Philstead. This kid is only 37 years old and has accomplished more than most people accomplish in a lifetime and then some. I'm excited for all of you guys to hear his story and I just welcome Jeff. Thank you so much for being here and and yeah. Man, maybe 06. Man, we were young back then. Yeah, 06. Well, I was young. You were really young. <laughs> a couple of years younger. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, we've known each other for a long time. Jeff Philstead, he's a dude, I look up to you. Thank what you, you've man. done in your life, what you've what you've been able to accomplish and what you're accomplishing right now. Yeah. You haven't you just started. That's one thing yeah. I love about your story is your first chapter's done, but you still got fifty more chapters to go. Yeah, no doubt. Knowing you and yeah. knowing your drive and who you are. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Oh man, where, where do you want me to start? You want to start like... from the beginning. So, okay. I mean, the whole purpose of this is, is I want to dig out what drives, what yeah. drives you, what's the purpose yeah. behind the intent that you have? Mm-hmm. Like that, it, I'm always intrigued to know like where people get the drive to go out and do something great yeah. versus be stuck to the status quo of what their parents or what, what they think society wants them to be. Yeah. Does that make sense? Except mediocrity. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. so what drove you to become the person you are today? Yeah. Driving you to become more. So let's start from the beginning. Okay. Um, I was, I was born and raised until I was 12 in like a suburb of Salt Lake called West Valley. Okay. Which was not a good area to live in. Um, it was not good at all. In fact, it was so bad when we lived there. They tried to change the name. They tried to do all kind of stuff. You know, they it was did? just like, yeah. Really? It was just, you know, gang ridden, poverty ridden. You know, it was just not a good area. I mean, still not a great area, but growing up, it was a lot worse. And, uh, you know, my, my siblings at that time, so my mom had uh, divorced my father when I think I was three or four. And then she started dating this other guy who I've always considered my stepdad, but she moved in with him. And um, so growing up, we lived in this house in West Valley, and he had um, two kids, which are my brothers, you know. Um, And then my mom had four. There was four of us. So there was six kids in the house and and, um, not a good environment. My all my brothers, my stepdad, everybody was selling drugs, you know, that was kind of the environment I grew up in. And yeah. I just thought it was normal. Like I didn't, I thought it was normal, you know, to have a bunch of like hoodlums running around selling drugs. You know, I just assumed that that's what everybody did. It was just life, right? Well, it was that's normal how, that's how you grew up. Yeah. Until, until I was about 12. And what happened was my, my brother had one of his friends get killed. And my mom was like freaking out, you know, at that time it like the, this life became real when one of my brother's best friends was killed. Yeah. So she decided to move down to St. George, but you know, we didn't have any money. So we moved to a single wide trailer. That was and, over uh, in Washington, right? No, it was in Dixie Downs. Oh, it was in Dixie Downs Dixie first. Downs, yeah. Okay. So moved to Dixie Downs and, um, you know, I was in sixth grade. And and there was there was two times in between there that I had lived in Idaho for a few months because my aunt lived there. I got kicked out of school a couple times for getting in fights. You know, wait, you're a hoodlum? Yeah, crazy, huh? <laughs> I was just mean, dude. I was just mad at the world. You know, I got in fights. I got in a lot of fights in school. Why do you think you were so mean back then? Um, well, I think when I first moved to, you know, first of all, when when I first moved to St. George, I got in a lot of fights for obvious reasons, right? Yeah. Prior to that, I got in a couple of fights. Um, and that was just because 
I, I think I was looking up to my older brothers and same thing, right? That was the kind of life they were Your living. Your environment. Right? Yeah, it was just violence and, you know, trying to be tough and yeah. that kind of thing. And so that was the environment I grew up. So I got, I got kicked out of school when I was in third grade for getting in fights. Oh right? I'll never forget. I was telling Kelsey the other day, my wife, that I had to write, like, you know how you write like Bart Simpson writes on yeah. the thing? Like, I really had to do that stuff. You know, they like, did? think this is weird. I will not fight. I will not fight. And every line, I'm getting angrier and angrier, you know? And uh, just funny. So then in sixth grade, same thing happened. Uh, I got I got a fight, got kicked out of school. My, my mom sent me to Idaho thinking that I wouldn't uh, get in trouble. I got up there, got a fight in school. They kicked me out. In the meantime, my mom had moved to St. George. So I was actually living with my aunt when my mom moved to St. George. Yeah. And there wasn't enough bedrooms in, in this trailer for me to stay. So I'm when I got kicked out of school and had to move back with my mom, uh, her and, and my stepdad got this little camper that goes on the back of a truck, you know, and put it next to the trailer that was already bad, right? So you imagine in St. George, 110 degrees in the summer, yeah. living in this camper, it's 110 inside. You know, I just hated it, man. And um, I knew since a young age that we were broke. We didn't have any money. You know, kids would make fun of us. All the names that stuff happened. So as I got older, I started becoming like very motivated financially. But a lot of, a lot of it was ego driven. Now I understand now. But what happened was I got out of high school, didn't know what I wanted to do in my life. So obviously I was going to college. Everybody told me go to school, get good grades, get into education so you can get a good job. You hear that right? so much. And um, so that's... I knew I didn't want a job, first of all, but everybody told me I had to go to college if I was going to be successful. So I started going to college, see my professor's car in my business class. I see his car. It was old beat up Honda. And anybody who knows me in school, I, I didn't talk a lot in school, right? I was never this like outgoing guy, especially in class. I was never a class clown or anything. Yeah. I slept through most of the class. So then I get to college. <laughs> I'm paying to be in college, right? Yep. I, like with my own money that nobody was helping me. I was living in a single wide trailer. They said my mom made too much money for financial assistance. So I'm having to pay for this myself. And um, I'm in college. I asked my professor why. I, I just said, hey, if, if you're so good at all this stuff, you're teaching this, like, why don't, why don't you do it? I saw the car that you drive. And rather than him trying to explain to me, like, like may, maybe he made okay money. I don't think he did, but maybe yeah. he made okay money and he just chose not to drive a nice car. But that's not how I saw it as a young kid. Yeah. Right. So he kicked me out of class, and I just called my mom and said, Mom, I'm not going back, right? I he paid. kicked you out yeah. because you asked a question? Yeah, in college. Really? So I never went back. Dude. It was two weeks after I went to college. Uh, I called my mom. I said, I'm not going back. I was the first kid in my family to graduate high school, right? So I graduated yeah. high school, ended up in college. Two weeks after college, professor kicks me out of class. I said, I'm not going back. And she goes, why? I go, I'm just, I just can't listen to a guy who his life doesn't inspire me, you know? Yeah. So I don't know why I understood this at this age, but I always looked up. There was always these guys you would look up to. Uh, I was telling my son last night, one of the things, um, when I was in high school, I washed cars one summer, right, at St. George Car Wash. Okay. Uh, I think it was in ninth grade. And I was washing cars, and I remember I washed this dude's S550. And he was a young guy, and he had, like, Brent PlayStation just came out. He had a PlayStation in the back and all these games. And I remember thinking, like, dang, you know, like I just started seeing that people live different lives, you yeah. know, like this guy was a young guy at that time. I was probably, you know, I don't, I don't know, 15 and he was probably like 21, 22 driving an S550, you know, and I just thought how cool, you know? Yeah. So I started like having these little glimpses of a better life, you know, started seeing people live good lives and I started realizing they just thought different. So then when I got kicked out of college, what, I, what do you mean by that? They just thought different. 
I, I started realizing when I what talked to see? them. Okay. I, I, I wasn't, I'm always the kind of guy like ask questions. So what would they say that you, you caught on? Um, so like, like I remember I asked this guy like, Hey, I would always ask him, what do you do? You know, what do you do? And never once did I ask somebody, what do you do? And they responded with a, like a job that I had to go to college, get this degree and go get a job. And then I could hit that yeah. lifestyle that I wanted. Not one of them. And I asked a bunch of people, right? What would they say? Just like, stuff what like, you guys hearing? What um, were you hearing? yeah, like, like that guy that, uh, drove an S550. I still remember to this day. He was like, he was a sports agent. Like he managed sports, sports agents, you know? Okay. I asked another guy, I saw he was driving a Bentley. It's a true story. I was dating my wife. We were going to Cafe Rio on the way into Cafe Rio. I see this guy driving a Bentley. I walk up, I knock on his window. I go, excuse me, sir, can you ask, can I ask you what you do? And uh, he goes, I own a, I own a tree farm. A tree I go, farm. like, what kind of trees, right? <laughs> you know? They're expensive trees. And he goes, yeah. And he goes, oh, I, I uh, own a palm tree farm. Okay. And I go, how'd you get into that? He goes, well, when I graduated high school, saved my money, bought a piece of land, planted a bunch of palm trees. And, you know, waited a few years and obviously they grew the more, the taller they are, the more money they sell for. So he just tells me like started a tree farm That's so and cool. they parlayed that and the uh, storage units and all this kind of stuff. He's driving a Bentley. I was 19 years old at the time. And I just thought like, dang, you know, if someone drove a Bentley, I want to know like, what do they do? Yeah. You know? So those kind of things started happening. So I, I leave college. Um, I just, I don't know what I'm going to do in my life. I, I, my girlfriend and I just started dating. This was Kelsey, right? So yep. Kelsey and I just started dating and um, I go to her house and I remember to this day, I, I was sitting there telling her how I'm never going to go get a job, right? I don't want to be an employee. And her mom hears this and says, why? You know, she was at least smart enough to say why. And I go, well, I don't want someone to tell me what to do, when to do it, when to show up, when to leave. I'll work hard, right? I'll, yeah. I'll work harder than anybody. I just don't want someone telling me what to do, you know? And she goes, well, I'll tell you what, uh, she owned an advertising and marketing company. And yep. she says, I'll give you a job. And uh, I, you can show up whenever you want. You leave whenever you want. You're on 100% commission. I go, so Monday morning, I can show up whenever I want. She goes, show up whenever you want. I go, I'm in. So my first month, I made 7500 bucks. I was excited, you know. And I started getting pretty good at it, building relationships, learning how to close sales, you know, yeah. doing commercials on TV, started realizing I could do uh, packages for branding and stuff like this. And this was before like Google, you know, people just didn't, social media didn't even exist. Yeah. So I was doing like actual print ads and, and radio ads, TV ads on commercials. And you were just hustling. Like yeah. You man. were just hustling away. Yeah. And I, and I was making money. I yeah. was excited. You're doing good. Yeah. And then I got my income up to where I was making about 12 grand a month and I was 19. I thought I was like, I was, I was doing good, but I wasn't saving it. I was still broke. Right. Yeah. But I was living a fun lifestyle at that point. Wasn't worried about money. I was dating my wife. I was buying her flowers every day. We're going out <laughs> to eat every night, you know, this kind of stuff. And then I get my pay cut. And, uh, that is when around that time I had met Brandon Neal and mm -hmm. Brandon Neal started following up with me. They're trying to recruit me into financial services. And um, I didn't think I could do it, man. I didn't think I, I am an introvert. And I just thought, man, being in a business like where I had to network and meet new people. And but that's so interesting you say that because that's exactly what you were doing when you were selling advertising. You were out there meeting people. You had to get out there. It's full commission based. Yeah. I think the difference was, is I've always been pretty artistic and okay. I've always had this like, I think God gave me a gift to where I can communicate something complicated simplistically right so i can take something that sounds complicated and go hey here's what they're trying to say yeah 
And um, I think I've always been pretty good at that, you know. So when it came to advertising and marketing, I would it, I was good at going in and looking at someone's business and going, hey, if you said this or did this, I'll bet people respond, you know. And so that just seems so much different to me than being 19 or 20 years old and sitting down with somebody in financial services and saying, hey, let me help you get out of debt, pay off your mortgage 15 years sooner, get life insurance, invest your money. Like I never even heard of life insurance before. Right? I didn't even know it existed. Yeah. You know what I mean? I know exactly like, what you mean. And I started learning about it. I'm like, why don't everybody have life insurance? You know, yeah. I started learning this stuff, but I, I never heard of this. I never heard of life insurance. Nobody ever talked about investing money. Just talking about what you can buy, you know? Yeah. So I just grew up in that culture and that environment. So I just didn't think I could do it. It was just a foreign language to me. And so Brandon kept following up, dude. Followed up for a year and a half, which I tell everybody is a, is a, is a good thing because I didn't know that I would be good. He didn't know I would be good. He was doing what he was supposed to do, which is follow up. Yeah. I was I was doing what I was doing in life, which is just looking for an opportunity and didn't know it was right in front of me, but he just kept following up. And then finally, when my pay got cut, I said, all right, dude, I'll give it a shot. So I started part-time in financial services for nine months. And... Um, I, I made an extra 15 grand my first year, but after nine months, I quit my job. So then after a year, I moved from St. George to Boise, right? Mm -hmm. Moved up to Boise, and that was in 07. So that was in 2007, moved to Boise. And then my first year in Boise made 115,000. And it was crazy, dude, because we had nothing. I had no money, right? Yeah. You know, you yeah. were, right? no money, I had no money saved. Kelsey had three grand saved in her IRA that she had pulled out of her IRA. Yep. And um, we signed a lease on an office before we had a place to live. Yep. And then, so we had an office, but we didn't have a place to live. And then we ended up finding a place to live. Kelsey was working at Best Buy. She transferred her job up to uh, Boise. And so we just started hustling, dude. We started grinding our first year. You know, like I said, we made 115000 By the end of that year, we were making about twenty grand a month. And then the next year in 2008, the recession was had hit hard. Yeah, had you know, really by hard. then. And I doubled my income, made 220000 that year. And then the next year in 2009, like people were mailing their keys back to the bank, you know? Yep. We made 465000 And then in 2010, the, uh, our company went public. And so we, we stood on the floor of the New York Stock Exchange, went public. And I was financially independent, man. I didn't have to work for money anymore at that time. And I thought, you know, people have these feelings their whole time, like, you know, when is this stress or this, this anxiety or this going to go away? They almost think this feeling is negative, right? And I'll never forget. I know the day that I woke up, I had seven figures saved. I'm not talking my net worth. I'm talking I had seven figures in an account, right, that I could yep. look up and I could see it, right? To yep. me, that like prior to this, that was like that was what was going to release that feeling I always had. And let me guess you still had it. Oh, yeah, dude. I woke up and felt exactly the same. I called Brandon. Isn't that interesting that you feel the same? Yeah. So let's go back a little bit really yeah. quick before you answer that. You called Brandon. I mean, I, I remember you because we knew each other back then. Yeah. I watched you go through this. One yeah. young punk kid, yeah. you know, going through all this stuff, the hustle that you had. I mean, it was inspiring even thinking about like even looking back at it and just yeah. listening to you retell the story because yeah. I remember watching you through that. Yeah. Was there any time you wanted to quit? Every day. What kept you going? Because um, I think that's important for listeners and people to know. Like, like you're, you're, I'm sitting across someone that's made it financially 10 times over. Yeah. And even to this day, you still have those feelings of anxiety. Even yeah. to this day, you still have all those same feelings that you had when you were building it. Yeah. And you, back then, you, you wanted to quit almost every day. But what kept you going? Yeah, so I, I think that's a, 
a two-part answer. One is the feeling that I thought was anxiety or a negative feeling is not. So anybody listen to this, I hope you know that feeling inside of you is a gift from God. I love that. It's a gift. And it's a gift called ambition. And, and that ambition is what gives us this desire to feel like we should do more, be more, have more. Grind. Right. And Just when grinding, we fight yep. it, we're depressed. Yep. And people try to fight it with all different ways. They'll smoke weed, they'll drink alcohol, they'll watch porn, they'll whatever they do, and they and they try to fight it. Yep. So for me, I thought it was negative, but the, I thought the solution wasn't wasn't suppress the emotion. I thought the solution was try to achieve something. Okay. Right. And that achievement would release that pressure. But now after the achievement, I called Brandon up and I go, Brandon dude, I feel like this. And he goes, Jeff, the day that goes away is the day you need to call me. And I realized that day that it was just desire and ambition. It wasn't a negative thing. It was actually the thing that kept me going. And just that simple call, Brandon saying, if it goes away, that's the day you call me. You don't need to call me when you got it. You need to call me when you don't. Yeah. Because that's the day you're done. And so we had that conversation. And so I think what that, that first of all, understanding that feeling has allowed me to go to another level, right? But prior to that of feeling this and you saying, what caused you to continue going when you had this anxiety, you wanted to quit every day, you look in the mirror, stand in front of a crowd and thinking, who are you, right? Yeah. It was just me realizing, I first of all, I never thought I'd live till 25, right? So I just always assume like I got this 25 year period of time to say like, here's the life you get to build. Like here's the man you get to become, right? So. I've always kind of played this thing like someone's going to be talking to my funeral about what kind of man I was, right? Mm -hmm. And I actually gave a talk about this. It's it's on YouTube. I'm sure someone can Google my name and find it. But I gave a man uh, a talk on this about saying the kind of man I am, right? When when they bury me and they pat me in the face with a shovel, uh, my my tombstone is never going to say how much money I had, but it yeah. will say what kind of man I was, right? Yes. It will say did I show up when I said I was going to? Did I give it everything I had? I was talking to my son about this this morning. Uh, during homeschool, one of the words that came up was perseverance. I'm trying to explain to him what perseverance is, right? Yeah. And that this is the definition of it. It is. is. I don't care how you feel. It doesn't matter. Persevering is the key to achievement in anything, right? There's a, uh, I, I can't remember like a, a saying that's called a consistent pressure relentlessly applied. Eventually everything will move. Say that one more time. With consistent pressure relentlessly applied, eventually everything will move. Dude, that's so true. This is how water yeah. has made the Grand Canyon, mm -hmm. right? So you see these things that happen over time. It's, it's perseverance. But I think I think you hit a, a, a an important aspect of that. It's over time. Yes. So many people want now. Yeah. So many people are thinking, okay, I'm doing it. Where's where's the results? Right. I mean, how long did that actually take you to get to where you, you get? What I'm good, saying. Good question. Yeah. I mean, it took it took me about five years. Which is still short, but how consistent were you in those five years? Oh, dude, I worked seven days a week. Consistency is the key in everything. Yeah, so like even to tell you this, on my wedding day, like we used to do trainings on Saturday mornings, mm -hmm. I planned my wedding around Saturday training. So we went to Saturday training and then got married afterwards. You know what I mean? Yep. And we showed up and everybody said, oh, you're crazy. You guys are nuts. I would never do that. And I would just say, that's okay if you would never do that, right? Then you'll never live the life I'm going to live. Yeah. Right? I understood that I, I, I didn't have to do this. I wasn't making a sacrifice. It always tells me, oh, someone is sacrificed. I wasn't sacrificing nothing. Right? A sacrifice is like trading one, uh, like, you know, trading one good thing for 
uh, a, a better thing or something like that, yeah. right? That's not what I was doing. I was making a trade-off. Yeah. I was trading off the, the convenience and the ease and the comfort in my current life for a better life later, right? And so I understood that if I was willing to do things that were uncomfortable na- now, that it wasn't going to get easier, but I would get stronger. I would get better at dealing with those challenges. And because I got stronger, it seemed lighter. And because yeah. it seemed lighter, people could put, I could, I could deal with more weight, more situations, more challenges. And if I could do that, then I could make more money. I could have a better life. I could have more freedom. I could get the things that I really wanted out of life. Right. So you, I understood it started with that. Well, basically you're, what, what I'm hearing is you had a true vision of what you wanted in your life. Yes. And, and unrelenting passion drive to reach that vision yeah and i didn't understand it early on but i one of my mentors um one of the greatest men in the world bill whittle he told me early on in my career he said jeff i talked to him about goals a lot right because i think goals are what drive everybody like you know um and so one one day he says jeff i need you to find a goal that will drive every other area of your life so I'm like, dang, he goes, you should have one main life purpose that drives every other area of your life. So I'm like, dang. That's deep. But if you really think about that, I mean, that's taking the goal setting to a whole new level. It's not about, it's like, yeah. Yeah, because a lot of people, they want to do something, right? Like I do financial services or I do real estate or I do whatever, pest control or Whatever you do, right? Yeah. It doesn't matter what you do. It's like, who are you? Like, what do you want to be? Who do you like, want to be? Yeah, what kind of man do you want to be? Exactly. Right? And that's what I'm always thinking. It's like, what kind of man do I want to be? Right? Because I choose that. Mm-hmm. Right? I, not, my, not my circumstances or, you know, whatever. I, I choose what kind of man I am. I choose how I respond. I yeah. choose how I act. I choose the things I do every day. Right? And, and what drives those things you choose to do is you know, a a multitude of things. But for me, learning that early on was like, hey, what is this one thing? And so I I chose early on, my wife and I got married, I was 20 years old. So I'm gonna have a 100 year anniversary, right? My goal is to have a 100 year anniversary, right? So I got to do a lot of things right to have a 100 year anniversary. And if I do that, I got to live to 120, right? You got to get healthy. Yeah, so I got to live a healthy life. I got to live a clean life, right? I've got to have good thinking, I got to be able to make a lot of money to live that long. Yep. Right. I've got to have a great marriage to stay married that long. Yep. You know, so there's a lot of things that I have to do in my life that allow me to accomplish this thing that drives everything else that I do. Yep. Right. So that's really it is like, I want to, I want to make my children proud. I want to be the one that changes my family. I want to be the one that says, man, I know you're a kid that grew up in a, in, in a trailer, right? I know you're that kid and that's how you, you grew up, but that that's not who you are. That was the circumstances you were in. But when all said and done and your family looks back on the tree, say this guy changed it all for us, right? He was different. Something changed. What was it? What was different about him? Right. And it was, it was, I had that goal still that drives everything I do. Well, do you know what's so awesome about that? It reminds me of a quote with, I think it was Tony Robbins. He said, it's not about achieving the goal. It's about who you have to become to achieve the goal. Exactly. And so if you're actually setting a goal about, you of being a better human being, being a better more, how much more advanced of a human being are you going to become? Right. I love that. Yeah. Or just, I mean, what I don't understand is like a lot of people want a better life, but they don't think that they have to actually get better. That's where it all comes from. Honestly, I can actually relate and, and contest that because it's always the outside influences. Oh, it's because of this. It's because of this external um, circumstance. Yeah. And, 
for me, it was all about, oh, it's, that's the reason why I'm not doing better in my life. I yep. would never accept it for me. And that's why I never grew. It wasn't until I understood, wait, why don't I look internal? Yeah, but wouldn't you agree the reason why people look externally is because they don't have something that they're actually going for. They don't have that North Star, that thing that's driving them, that they wake up every day and go, I'm going towards that thing. Exactly. They have no destination. Exactly. And that's why I think goals are so important, you know, is when you have goals, I'm constantly harping on goals, because if you have something you're trying to achieve, it's not that stuff doesn't happen around you. It's just that it's not as important. You exactly. don't give it as much energy because you're you're seeking in on the thing that you're trying to accomplish. It's like I don't have time right now to focus mm-hmm. on that stuff. You know, like when my business was rocking 08, 09, and we were exploding, dude. Like everybody else, like, what are you guys doing? What's going on? And I go, I'll just tell all my guys to pawn their televisions. Right? We didn't have like social media to share bad news. Yeah. Like pawn your television. Ignore it. Right? It doesn't matter Just to you. go to you. work. Yeah, what can you do to change what's happening? Nothing? Okay, then go change your own circumstances. Yeah. And right? I think that's actually, it could relate right now with what's going on in our market and the that's recession that's coming up. up. I mean, that is huge to think about. And that's what I've been telling like agents in my, in, that I work with and, mm-hmm. and people that I coach. Stop letting the market and other things dictate who you are. Right. You're not the market. Right. You're your own human being. Go create your own. Yep. If it's in real estate, great. It's in real estate. If it's in solar, great. It's in solar. Yeah. I don't care what it is, but you got to get that clear consistency with whatever you do. Exactly. And you got to believe that you can do it. That's yeah. the thing too. Yeah. Is you got to have belief in yourself. And that's where becoming more and working on yourself every single day is the key to all of this. Yeah, I think that too. But I think when it when it comes to becoming more, the most important thing someone can do is the people they surround themselves with Absolutely. and mentorship. It's like you, you got to have someone in your life every day that's willing to tell you the truth and help you get to the place you actually want to get to, right? And that might be multiple people. Mm-hmm. Like for me, you know, it's like I, I've always, you know, had, had a spiritual mentor, some financially a mentor and then a business mentor, Right. So I've always had kind of this group of people that I would go to. And, um, you know, so I would go to that individual, you know, like when um, we we bought a house down in Vegas, I remember. And it was like it was way out in this subdivision. It was out like it was in Henderson. But it was at the time there was it was the last house in the city. <laughs> okay. you know? And uh, Kelsey really wanted it. You know, it was like in Vegas, you got birds chirping in the morning and stuff. It usually doesn't happen right now yeah. here because it was way out. And it was beautiful. It was a big lot and um, brand new subdivision, 52 estates. And and it was cool. And we were the first house out there. And I remember I text one of my mentors and I, she go, what are you doing? And I go, I'm texting Hector, right? Who was my, my the guy I always took advice from financially. Yeah. And I said, I'm texting Hector. She goes, why are you texting Hector? I go, I'm just telling him where I'm at. Hey, Hector, here's why, here's, here's where I'm at financially. Like everything, telling him everything. Here's... Here's the the debts I had, which I didn't have any at the time. Here's, you know, here's how much money I got saved. Here's how much money I got in the market. Here's how much stock I own. Here's how much real estate I own. All this kind of stuff. Yeah. He knew everything. And I just asked him, hey, you think I should buy this house? And he said, yeah. And she goes, what would you do if he said no? I go, I wouldn't buy the house. Like, what that's, did she say? Right? That was, she just knows that's how I am, right? Yeah. I got a coach. I respect where he's at. I respect him as a man. I respect his decision. I know he's not emotionally attached to my situation. Yep. So that's why I ask him is to get an unemotional advice from a situation, right? That's why you need to have a mentor. You need to have somebody who can guide you and lead you. And then you need to be willing to take their advice and not become an asshole, right? It's like, 
right? <laughs> Isn't that what guys do? Yep. You start so coaching true. a lot of people, and but they why? come. They just want attention from you. They ask questions. You give them an answer, and then they don't act on it. Yep. Now, all they do is ask and ask and ask and ask. It's like, when are you going to start doing, right? When are you going to start taking the advice? So for me, it was one, having a mentor. I think it's crucial, but then also taking the advice the mentor gives you. And actually acting upon that advice. Yeah. Yep, I agree 100%. That's actually one of my biggest things that – biggest pet peeve that I have is you, you people ask you for advice and then they just don't do anything with it. It's like, why in the hell are you wasting my time? Yeah. Call them ask holes. Ask holes. Yeah. I like that. Freaking ask holes. Yeah. <laughs> ask a bunch of questions. Don't ever do anything about it. You asshole. You asshole. That's mm. so funny. So 2000. Um, so what one was that? 2010. Yep. You're in Boise. Yep. So build a base shop there. Yep. And big then, financial service, one of the biggest ones in Boise, right? Yeah, in probably Idaho. biggest in Idaho, yeah. In Idaho. Um, what made you decide to move to Vegas? Like, this is what I don't get. Like, you were financially independent up there, yep. were you not? Yep. You want to know the truth? I do want to know the truth. what happened. We live in this neighborhood. I, ne- I, never, I never bought a house until I could pay cash for it. So the whole time we were there, we were renting. Okay. Right? We were cash millionaires, but I rented this house. Nice neighborhood. And... Um, Everybody's always telling me, if you're making all this money, why do you own a house? I'm like, it's easy to spend my money. Spend your own. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and um, one day, I, I, I'm i driving through the neighborhood. I always drive through neighbors. You know, it's like this upper middle class neighborhood. Yeah. And on Friday, when the weather gets good, you know what everybody starts doing? Getting the camping equipment out. <laughs> and they go up in the hills and they disappear Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And yep. they come back Sunday night. You know what they're trying to do? Escape for Escape. free. Yep. Right? And I don't have anything against camping. I'll go camping. Yeah. But I have everything against escaping the reality of what you're trying to escape, right? I have something against that. It's like, why are you trying to escape change? Yeah. And so I was driving into my neighborhood one day. I walk in, and we didn't have kids at the time. I told Kelsey, I go, we're moving. She goes, why? I go, I'm sick and tired. I pull in here every day. I see all, every every Friday all these average and ordinary people pack up their stuff, head up to escape land, and come back here on Sunday night. And they're sick and tired. They got to wake up their job Monday. They hate it, right? They hump Wednesdays and you know whatever TGIF and thank God it's Friday and just fires me up. I just yeah. I hate this middle class. I, I'm sorry. I hate it. I despise it. It's disgusting. It's disgusting for me to watch. And so I told her, I'm not going to raise my kids in a place like this. I'm not going to do it. And she goes, well, what should we do? And I go, I've always dreamed of buying a, living in a penthouse uh, somewhere, right? You know, you drive through these big cities, you yeah. see the dude like Bruce Wayne lives at the top, you know? <laughs> and uh, she, I told her that. I said, so, you know, this was in 2010, 2000, yeah. right? So the end of 2010, it was like the market was at rock bottom. I mean, people were losing everything. And so she took a trip to Vegas one time to go visit her brother, and she bought a house without me. She, she bought was there. One. Yeah. She bought a penthouse. Yep. And um, it wasn't finished. It was just a shell. I tried to get my money back. You did? Yep. I hired. A, I got a lawyer and everything. She gave him the money, dude. It was like she signed the contract, gave him the money. It was done deal. By the time I found out, it was too late. Why did she? She just knew that I'm so like frugal, you know, that probably because it was going to take, you know, a big chunk of change that I probably wouldn't have done it. And she's right. Um, but so we did it, man. We moved down to Las Vegas and started all did? over. Oh yeah. I'm so glad. You actually yeah. did it. Yeah. For I sure. mean, you were able to live your dream. Yeah. And she sure. knew that, and she knew your dream. That's, that's what's so important about having a spouse or somebody, a partner that understands you 
Yeah. And it's willing to be by your side. Well, you I think... Kel- and you and Kelsey do have that. Yeah, I'm blessed, man. Yeah, she's, you are. She's, she's amazing. Awesome. Yeah. And she's... she. I tell her all the time, you're my ride or die. Like, she doesn't care. It's like, she's she's in, right? It doesn't matter. But I think a lot of that is because I deliver. Like, yeah. If I say, hey, we're going to do this, she knows, all right, Jeff will deliver. She doesn't have that like, oh, is he actually going to follow through or... She knew, like, if she bought a house and we moved to Vegas, I was going to go there and, and get it rocking in Vegas, mm-hmm. you know? It didn't matter where I was at. I was going to do what I was supposed to do. She just know because I'm frugal, I'm probably not going to... I'm probably going to go invest that money and buy that house. That's she so crazy. It. She bought it. Yeah, she That's just awesome. wrote a check, man. So we uh, we moved down there and exploded. And we had a lot of fun in Vegas. We lived there for 10 years. We lived on the Strip for four and a half. You lived on the Strip on for On the four... Strip, yeah. Wow. In a penthouse. It was awesome, dude. It was like living at a five-star hotel. Yeah. Valet my car every day. I'd come down. If it was cold like it is right now, my car would be warmed up, you know, <laughs> waiting for me running. If it was in the, if it's in the summer, That's awesome. so I got the AC running, you know, and there's, it was awesome, dude. Concierge. So, you know, you got someone, if you got something in your trunk, they'll take it upstairs for you or whatever. You need show reservations or need you them to go shopping for you. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. Laundry, you guys. dry cleaning on site. Dude, it's amazing. Everybody should live that way at some some point. Some point, okay. Then we then we had kids, and then she said, all right, we got to get out. We got to get off the strip. And then that's when we went and bought the- Bought that house. Yeah, big house out, out of the city. Cool. So yeah, man, it's been fun. And you were there 10 years. Yeah, we were in Vegas for 10 years. Okay. So and, then, and then since then, you've sold your business. Yep. What made you decide to sell it? I was going to go sail around the world, which I started. I bought- so. Do you still own the boat, by the way? No, I sold, you sold it. it. Thank goodness, dude. It was in Fort Myers. Oh, like literally in It'd the It'd be heart on the bottom. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm grateful. I sold it, and the people that bought it are long gone. They're in the Bahamas, so oh good, it's good. But yeah, I, um, I, I always had this dream of sailing around the world, right? I still do. Um, but we we bought this big boat. I bought a 46 foot catamaran, like a world renowned blue uh, blue water cruising boat. So my family would be safe and um, found the right boat. What we were looking for, we got out there and my wife started getting sick and just had some medical challenges. We never had, we're young, you know, we've always paid attention to our health. And so then we were like, we better go home and focus on our health. And that's when we came back Uh, a year ago, we came back and um, so we got back. It's expensive. It's like stupid. I think insurance for our boat was 20 grand a year. Was it really? Just the insurance, yeah. So, you know, it's 20 grand a year for insurance, plus you, I think it's 1500 or 2000 a month just to store it. So, no, you're paying four or five grand a month for something you really don't use. Yeah, not just insurance and storing it. Yeah. So, you know, it's like, why, why have that? We didn't know how long we were going to be here. So, sold the boat and then didn't know what I was going to do next, you know? So, it was like, shoot. Then all of a sudden, I had a bunch of people start calling for opportunities. And <laughs> it's an amazing one. Yeah. And it's what been happens? fun, man. It's been, it's been a lot of fun. We have a lot of exciting projects we're working on. So out of all of your experience so far, I mean, you're young still. What are you? 30, 37. 37 years yeah. old. Sounds like you've lived a life already. Yeah. What is the one main, I mean, we've, we've got a lot of nuggets out of this, but what's the one main constant thing that you've learned while building this business and selling it and doing all the amazing things you've done dream bigger expand on that what do you mean yeah i think that i wish i could have dreamed bigger dude i wish i wish somebody could have expanded my belief level you talked about belief earlier early Mm -hmm. on you know so so when i first started in business i just had a goal i want to be a millionaire by the time i was 30 and it really wasn't even about the money it was about getting rid of that feeling yeah right it was about finally feeling like like man, I just wanted that feeling, like being able to take a deep breath and life's yeah. good and I can just 
cruise and then I found out real quick, all right, that doesn't you're not happy in that place. Nobody's happy there. Yeah. You know? So I my that was my original goal was by the time I was thirty. But by the time I was twenty five, I was a cash millionaire. So I'm like, dude, what if I went for a hundred million? What if somebody would have told me, like, hey, dude, a million bucks is small. I thought a million dollars was big. Everybody I knew a million dollars was big to them. Right. So I just wish that if I could go back and tell myself something earlier, I would have said, hey, dream bigger, because as big as you can dream, you can make it happen. Right? And if you believe that dream, you'll accomplish it. You will. So I wish I could have just told myself, hey, go for a hundred million. Go for a hundred million. Yeah. You and that's your saying right now. If it doesn't make me a hundred million, I'm not going to do it. Yeah. And, yeah, and, and I that's, love that. It's a little bit different right now because now my life is so good financially. It's like, if I'm going to go, if I'm going to go do something, it better really make a big impact. Yeah. Right? Um, otherwise like wh why do it? You know, I don't, I don't want to do something just to do it, you know, cause I have to, or whatever. If I'm going to do something, I want it to make an impact. I want it to change my life. I want it to change other people's lives. I want it to make a bang. Let's, know? let's talk about that a little bit. I mean, the whole business that you were in, the financial services realm, it was, it was all based around impact, impacting yeah. the other. Mm -hmm. In all reality, if you really think about it, it was, you were in the business of, of people. Yeah. Of Absolutely. building people. Mm -hmm. And I've, I've. So I've shifted my thinking these past few years on that as well. Like, okay, if, if you want to be rich, you can go, you can go work, trade time for money all day long. Yep. And you will become very rich. Right. There's, I know some very people who work really hard, train for time for money and they make a lot of money. Right. But a true wealth comes when you start trading value yeah. for that same money. Yeah. That's where wealth is. Yep. And how, I mean, let's, let's talk about that. What is, what is trading trading value how do you build your value for others well i like think how did you do that how did you from i mean you started financial services when you were what in 20 20 20, 20 yeah i mean real all, all reality did you have the confidence and the value there no i didn't absolutely okay not. how did you build that like i think that's important for people to know you don't need to know everything yeah no through experience and and, and increasing your skill set right so like you know when you talk about people and developing people, I've always saw myself as that's my job is to develop leaders, right? Yeah. And there's a Chinese proverb that says, if you want one year of prosperity, grow rice. If you want 10 years of prosperity, grow trees. If you want a hundred years of prosperity, grow people, right? And so- I'm a firm believer in that. Yeah. And I, I just wanted, I've always wanted to develop leaders and I've always felt like, you know, there's a lot to do in business. Yeah. Right. And I don't have an ego. I don't need to be one to, I, I, my name doesn't need to be on it. I don't need to get the recognition. Just send me the check. You know, but a lot of people are recognition driven. I'm not. So thank goodness I'm not ego and recognition driven because it really drives me to get somebody else recognized and make them the hero for doing the thing that I don't want to do. Right. I'll do it. I have to do it up front. Which is a true leader. Yeah. So, and I learned that over time. So up front, there were things that, you know, like prospecting, for example, was the thing that was the hardest for me in business was prospecting, mm -hmm. you know, like... I built a business in a way like we didn't have social media. I didn't do advertising. I built a business by talking to some, walking up to somebody I didn't know and say, excuse me, can I ask you a question? I mean, this is from a guy who just told you. I didn't think I could do it because I knew I would have to network. And yep. so I became known as like the guy who could move to a city anywhere in the United States and prospect and get it up and going quick, right? Yeah. So the thing that was the most uncomfortable for me was the thing that I got the best at, right? And I got the best at it so I could do what? Teach it to others. Teach it to others. Because then if I had enough people that would do it enough, I didn't have to do it anymore. So it's like I worked myself out of that position. Yeah. 
by getting good enough at it that I was so good at it that I could easily teach it to somebody else. I didn't avoid it and try to get somebody else to do it. That's a manager. I confronted it, said I'm gonna get so good at it, I'm gonna get such good results from it that I'm gonna be able to teach you to do it. And then when you do it, you're gonna be so much better than me that I can put you on stage, I can make you the hero and say, everybody follow Alex, Alex is the man, he can do it. I now no longer have to do that. And I honestly believe that is true impact. Yeah. That's, that's... how you impact, because you're building them up. It's a win-win-win situation. Yes, yeah. But it all came from you stepping out of your own comfort zone and learning that skill set as fast as you could. Yeah, exactly. And yeah, growing that skill set. I love that. Yeah. So often people want to, people want to. In fact, I think you posted today about have we lost the art of mastering uh, our craft, mm -hmm. right? And I don't know that people have lost the art of mastering their craft per se when they're pros. But what most people have not done, that the crowd almost will never embrace the fact that you make what you make and your lifestyle is what it is. Not because of who you are, because you might be a great person. It's because of your skill set, period. Yep, I agree. And I think um, when it comes to mastering, like what we're talking about here, it's a constant thing you have to always be working on. Oh, yeah. You will never achieve or reach that destination of where you think you're going to go. Well, it, well, you might, but it, it always changes. Well, I, I agree with that. But if you're not growing, you're dying. I'm a firm believer in that. That's absolutely true, right? And Through, everybody has a or everybody has a next level. Yes. Yeah, well, that's what happens. What happens, I always talk about, I say this, like in our business, it was always like we were trying to get somebody to that next level. So yes. we would like meet a guy and go, hey, we're going to try to get him promoted. What would happen though is you you would start somewhere, right? Let's Let's just say like in real estate, if you're a broker and your goal is to have you know, 10 or 20 different brokerages, you've got to develop people to fill those positions, yep. right? And so what happens a lot of times is as you start developing those people and you get closer and closer to, let's say it was 10 brokerages that you wanted and you get closer to 10, your belief level goes up. And so- I can do 20. Yeah. And so the goal changes before you ever hit the original goal. And then you have other people that start having better skills than you, that you can recognize them in the process and they start building a better business and they start getting some recognition and some glory and some fame. Yep. And so all of a sudden it's like, do you ever actually, I used to have this talk, do you ever actually duplicate you? Because the secret of business is duplicating you, but does it ever actually happen? No, because no. you're an ever changing human, right? You're always growing. If you're a leader, you should be always growing. Yeah. You should be always getting better, which means you're moving to the next level which means the people you're developing should always be moving to the next level, which means nobody ever actually achieves the, 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 a, a stop per se. It doesn't exactly. mean you don't achieve the destination along the way. Cause I never thought when I was in business, dude, that I would, that I would make a million, let alone save a million and millions and millions and millions. I, I never thought it would be this good, dude. I never, I, I couldn't dream this big. Yeah. Um, here we are, but so you could say that, yeah, I achieved that destination, right? I just haven't achieved my final destination, right? I, continue to set more goals and, and bigger goals. And now my mind thinks, and then I start hanging around different people. And then now I'm hanging around guys that got jets. They fly around like Hondas. And I'm like, dude, you know, I better step my game up. Cause and, and where does that take your belief system? Yeah, exactly. It, it right? keeps on growing. And that's yeah. why it's all encompassing. Yes. And that's one thing I love about all of what we're talking about today. It's all encompassing. If yeah. you want to earn more, become more. If you want to become more, go hang around other people that you aspire to be. Yes. And duplicate that over and over and over, and eventually you'll be a Jeff Philstead. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, and I think, I think, dude, also, like, one of the things is, 
not just hanging around people that have done more, but providing value exactly. to those people. That's, that's right? exactly There's right. always a way to provide value. Yep. And so a lot of times when you want to be successful, there's going to be a lot of things you're going to do for free, right? Mm-hmm. It doesn't seem like you're going to get paid for right now. And if you do them for future money, it's never going to, it's never going to work. You have to do it with the right intention. Like I'm here to provide as much value as I can. And that's like what you bring to the table. That's what gets you a seat at the table is the value that you bring. Everybody can bring a certain amount of value. I think some of the wisest, wisest advice I got last year was give with no expectation of anything in return. Amen. And I, I, I strive to do that. Yeah. Every single, like I don't expect anything in return. I just want to give because that's who I am. Right. That's what I want to do. And everybody, I don't care if you're a hundred million dollar earner, million dollar earner, five thousand dollar earner. Right. I don't care. Everybody deserves the same effort and everybody, and you can bring value to anybody if yeah. you truly seek to bring it. No doubt. No doubt. If that I makes think, sense. Yeah, it does. You're saying, yeah, you're saying if you're coaching somebody, regardless of what they're making, they deserve your exactly. same amount of effort. Yeah, I mean, so, so if someone's not making as much, they're not going to get the same kind of coaching. Yeah, but just because the effort, exactly. the care, and the value, and the compassion, yeah, all those things are there. I think as someone starts moving up, their skill level goes up, their belief level goes up, so the coaching starts to change a little bit more to maybe strategic versus mindset or belief exactly. level, right? I agree. So, yeah, man. Dude, that's awesome. What's next for you? Well, what what's on the future? What's your $100 million deal going? We've got on? a lot of stuff going right now, dude. I'm uh, doing this big uh, real estate development, a bunch of vacation rentals out in Firelight, which okay. I'm really excited about. That's way exciting. Um, yeah, they just, um, we, sh- we should be getting ready to fund the deal in the next couple of weeks. Sweet. So I'm pumped about that. It's going to be a phenomenal project. It's three or four years out, so I think we're hitting it perfect on timing right now. Yes, you are. Um, and then we've got we've got a solar business we've started, yep. which is rocking, and we got a bunch of stuff happening with that in the energy space, like smart energy and making some cool relationships right now. We're developing with some companies in the process of talks of potentially buying one of these companies, which will be a lot of fun. Yeah. And so that's right now, those are probably the two big things. I'm also working, uh, on a, like a financial education game so that, you know, you could have teens and anybody just wanted to have fun learning about money and, and making good decisions and being prepared financially. And so we've worked with this world renowned design company and, uh, we're just getting ready to launch that as well. So when are you going to write a book? I don't know, man. That's you need to. Well, I I think we got a lot more to put in the story. Well, yeah. It would be a good thing. I've talked about it. I've started it. You know, I have definitely. um, I actually met with um, a guy who works with John Maxwell. Does a lot of his books. Mm -hmm. I have a mutual friend. Um, In fact, the guy sold sold my business too. And so we talked. um, We've talked about writing a book. I've talked. Brandon Neal and I have talked about potentially doing one together, which would be a lot of fun. I would be. And, uh, you know, we've worked together since day one pretty much. And so it's been been a lot of fun. We've had a fun ride together. Yep. Uh, so we thought that would be cool. Yeah, I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see what the future holds. Well, it's bright for you, for sure. Yeah, I'm excited to see where you go and how far. Just to be a part of it, too. Yeah, yeah for sure, man. Fun, so. I know. I'm, I'm so glad we've been able to reconnect and catch up, dude. You're such a stud, man. I'm so proud of you and where you're at. And it's, it's, been, it's been fun. Yeah, dude. It's, it's been a ride like you. That, it makes it a lot of fun, dude, when it's just like you have fun stories to tell and you can go back and go, dang, we've really done some cool stuff. You know? We have. My wife and I's anniversary is uh, on the 17th of this month. And it's our 15-year anniversary. And so, we, wow. you know, the other day I was just, 
I was telling her like over the last 15 years, you know, we were just like going through all the cool stuff we've done and like, dang, it's been a fun ride the last 15 years. You and know? it's only your first chapter. That's one thing I yeah. love about it. Yeah. Kids well, are young still. It's first chapter. Yeah, man. My kids are yeah eight, six and four and I'm 37. My wife's 34. We got, yeah, man. Whole life ahead of you. Yeah, seriously. And we're just getting started. And that's, that's the fun thing, dude, is because we paid this price early on and we did these things early on and got money out of the way and really got free financially, we really can think or focus and just pay 100% attention to the things that really drive us and the things we really want to do. Yeah. And so now I just don't. I don't do anything I don't want to do. If I don't want to do it, I don't, I don't do it. Yeah. You know, and I, I do, I want to make an impact. I want to change people's lives. I want to, I want to, I want people to know that there's like what Brandon Neal did for me, man, mm -hmm. when I was broke, struggling, uh, you know, depressed, you know, I was making okay money, but I wasn't happy. I wasn't going for anything. And he recruited me into financial services, into something I didn't believe I could do, believed in me, built me up. I became a cash millionaire because of him, you know, and, and I learned all these great principles. He brought me into this environment. I learned how to be a better man. You know, I saw all these great examples of great fathers and great husbands and great businessmen and uh, uh, great leaders in, 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 in the spiritual world. And, yeah. and I started realizing that I'm like, dude, it just, I don't know, man, it's, it, it's been an amazing ride. You know, I just want to say something real quick is you were taught, we were talking about when you give without expecting anything in return. I think it's important that people continually count their blessings as they do these things, right? You go through a hard time, you work hard, you pour value into other people. If you do that without expecting anything in return, you got to remember that just God multiplies blessings. This is what God does multiplies, right? Look at when two people have children, right? And then you go back a few generations yeah. You know, like we just went to Boston and went and did this, uh, the Freedom Walk in Boston. And then we went to um, Plymouth and went to go see Plymouth Rock. And we did this cool tour. And they were telling a story about one of the guys that fell off the fell off the ship. He actually caught a rope. I can't remember his name. I should remember it. But my wife is actually a descendant of this man, right? So he's 30, his posterity is 30 million in the United States, you know? So crazy. One that's dude. That's so crazy to think about. 30 million. Out of, there was 102 people on that boat. Yeah. And one of the dudes fell off that first winter, 52 of them died, right? And one of those men lived, and because he lived, 30 million people are alive in the United States today, right? It's like, you just think about, and God multiplies your blessings. So whether it's you put in this effort, this reward, it's going to come back to you like that. You you give money, and you, right? You, you don't know how it's going to come back. You don't know why it's going to. But it will. It's just what happens when you do it with the right spirit. And I think that comes back to thinking and attitude and all this kind of stuff that, you know, say there's a lot of things that combine when it comes to success. But I think up front, if you can just have some big goals and have a great attitude and be willing to work hard in the process, you can accomplish almost anything. Yep. There's nothing that will stop you, but it's the attitude the same. And I'm grateful for where I'm at. I'm excited about where I'm going. And then you're being grateful about the process and all the things you get to accomplish, dude. And then you know, it's like you always have another level to go to. Honestly, that's the one thing that changed in my life. I stopped yeah. looking at outside external and I just started looking like, man, you're alive. Just yeah. be grateful. Yep. Be grateful you're alive. Mm -hmm. You're here. Get another you've day. You've got one more day, your chest, you've got you got a heart in your chest. There's nothing else. There's nothing. Everything else is a gift. Yes. Everything. Yep. And so if you live your life with that abundance yeah. and going, you know what? Everything else is just an opportunity because you're alive this day. Yeah, it was yesterday we did the 
podcast and uh, we were talking about we just went hunting. And a lot of times you go out there, you get into nature and you're out there for a few days and you realize like, man, anything you think is a problem is not a problem once you're out. Like once you get away from society, you know, and you get your mind right, it's like, man, just, you just don't have what most people think are problems, especially in the United States, are not really problems. I was actually talking to a guy in my uh, office, a, real, a realtor, mm-hmm. a real estate agent. He came in just complaining about everything and then some. And I'm sick and tired of hearing the shit. I was like, come on, man. I finally just looked at him. I said, dude, did you wake up this morning? Yep. You're like, yeah. I was like, and what did you drive here? Oh, my my new truck. Okay. So you woke up this morning. You drove here in a new truck. You're in a suit and tie, you know, dressed nice. Um, pretty sure you either had an energy drink or a cup of coffee this morning, right? He's like, yeah, I had an energy drink. I was like, and you're complaining about what? Look at all mm-hmm. the freaking blessings that you've already built in your life and done. Why are you complaining? Just you know why? Be grateful. Because they're trying to negotiate the price, dude. Exactly. And that's pe- what people try to do. So rather than being grateful for the opportunity, they try to negotiate the price. And that's a hard. And it's really hard to do. It's hard to get wrapped up, especially what's going on in the real estate realm. Yeah. I can understand. Yeah. Because I've caught myself like, yeah. oh shit, like stuff's tough and everything. But that's when you just got to step back and look at the whole picture. Dude, I, I just look at it. It's you know like if you don't print or prune a rose bush, it doesn't grow as big and beautiful next year. Exactly. Like I love that. It's it's okay, right? There's seasons, right? And it's like it's like one of my favorite speakers, Jim Rohn. And he talks about that, you know, there's seasons in life. He says, What are the next 20 years gonna look like? It was about like the last 20 years. I can I can tell you there was spring, summer, fall, and winter. Mm-hmm. And after winter comes spring, and after spring comes summer, and after summer comes fall. How often? Every, Every year. year. Every year. And so we know these things happen, and I try to prepare for them. In fact, I'm, because of what happened to me early on in my business life and the recession of 07, 08, 09, I saw a lot of guys who were had big net worths before and lose everything during that time because they got scared, made bad decisions. Yep whatever, just personal decisions. And, and and you saw the result of that, right? And then now a lot of people that are successful in real estate, they didn't go through that. They didn't. And so they, they've been having kind of this really cush experience the whole time, right? Since 2010, really, if somebody got in, you know, if you got in, in the heart of it, it's oh, the best yeah. time, right? If you're, if you're a lender or realtor that got in 2010 and above, you don't know what real estate is. Yeah, it's been cush, right? Yeah. And so it's good, I think, for any industry to have some pruning so that you can have good, healthy growth. And the people that stayed there are people that actually had skills. They knew how to market themselves. They actually knew about real estate. Yep. I mean, let's face it. Most of these people have just been order takers for a while. Well, so it's okay what, to get rid of some of them. And a lot of amen to that. I wish more would go. Yeah. But I honestly think, too, one thing I've now being through 2007, 8, 9, and going through that period and what it did to me, the one thing I realized is it was a moment of time. Yeah. It was one moment of time. Yep. I'm not going to let that one moment of time define the rest of my life. Yeah. And I, I did for 10 years of my life. It defined me. Yeah. But this moment right now, it's a choice. Like you said, it's a choice. You can choose to either take it and run with it, run with the opportunity or look at it and run away from the fear that it yeah gives. dude it's that make sense it is the opportunity of a lifetime right it now is. i mean i i think um ray dalio has a phenomenal video on youtube called how the economic machine works everybody should watch it i don't know if you've ever seen i haven't seen it. It. if you haven't seen I'll it, you should it watch. it's about 20 minutes it's called how the economic machine works okay 
it's the best, I think the best explanation of the overall economy that I've ever seen that anybody from any walk of life can understand very well. And what happens is once you understand how the economic machine or the engine works, then when there's problems in it, you can kind of know what the government is going to do to diagnose those problems and then learn how to profit from them. Yeah. Right. So a lot of times, like right now, when there's a bad economy or whatever, people feel like they're just a part of the economy. Yeah. Right. But you're not, you know, you're, you choose to be if you want, but you can actually step back, like you said earlier, look at the overall picture of what's happening and then go, okay, I should probably make decisions like this. And you can, it kind of gives you a, a, a educated guess of what's going to happen next and allows you to potentially make some big profits from that. Right. And so yeah. there are opportunities, you know, you think about six months ago, like if you wanted to buy a nice house or a year ago, you wanted to buy your dream house, you're overpaying. Yep. Good yeah, luck. You, you got four offers, everybody writing letters, begging for the house and people are choosing <laughs> who they're going to sell to 75,000 over asking. Yeah. I mean, it's crazy. It right. Ridiculous. And so, and now Real estate is actually going to have to work to exactly. sell a house, to get a listing, to find a buyer. To they're, they're going to have they're, to actually work on the skill sets, like you were talking yeah. about before. You're actually going to have to build skill sets and learn how to communicate and learn how to actually lead people, prospect and follow up. And I, I I love the saying: we don't need more salespeople in this world. We need leaders. Yeah. So I love it that you mm -hmm. say I I build and cultivate leaders because yeah. that's what we need more of. Yeah. So honestly, Jeff, thank you. One last thank word you, of wisdom, if you have. Or what would you what would you leave with? Man, I, I I mean, I don't know. I I don't have anything like specific to say on my mind other than that if if you're listening to this and you have the desire to go achieve something, I would say make sure that the first thing you do every day is start with writing down your goals and what you want in life. I love that. And I think if you wake up every day and you write down what you want out of life, right? And for me, I always wrote, I still to this day, write down my top 10 goals, the things that I'm going to achieve this year. I have 10 goals every year that I'm working on. And some of those goals might be five-year goals. So they might, mm -hmm. you know, go over to next year. But you write them down every day after a period of time, man, you're going to live a dream life. And I, I started calling it magic paper because it's like, dude, whatever I write down on this paper every single day it comes true yep. and it's awesome, dude. So start that would with, be my suggestion. Start with your gratitudes. Yeah. That's one thing I do is I write down my gratitudes every morning. Yeah. And that's, that's amazing. Me a lot. So yeah. thank you so much, Jeff. Where You're can welcome, people find dude. you? Instagram. I okay. mean, yeah, I think Mr. Mr. Fieldstead. Yeah. And go check out, he's got a podcast too, everybody. The solid yeah. podcast that he um, hosts with Brandon Neal guy he's been mentioning it's awesome thank you so, dude i appreciate that yeah. yeah we're having fun doing it and i think we're like i don't know six months into it or something yeah, a but, lot longer but it's been good i love listening to your yeah. episode so thank you jeff thanks thank for being you, here man i appreciate it okay.